1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone at home and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk All about Backlash from last night. Big Sunday for the WWE. You had Backlash and the last ride. Backlash we get into, surprisingly enough, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. The story going in and the possible story coming out. Also, we get into the greatest wrestling match of all time. The main event from Backlash between Randy Orton and Edge. And we talked the last ride. And could we have seen the last of The Undertaker? All that right now on the Busted Open podcast. Got to be honest with you, Bully. Uh, I thought a very, very
2: good weekend for the WWE. What made you think it was a good weekend? What did they do right in your eyes that made it a good weekend?
0: Well, Friday, I thought you had a fantastic match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship uh, I thought the last ride that started streaming early on Sunday was another great chapter in that amazing documentary and some eye-opening comments from The Undertaker that I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into, if not today, this week. And then I thought a very good show with Backlash last night. So all in all, a very good weekend for the WWE.
2: I'm on board with the whole AJ Daniel Bryan thing. It's uh it would be impossible for AJ and Daniel Bryan to have a bad match. Uh the last ride has been an incredible documentary. Um I watched uh part what was it part four last night after yeah, Factlash. Yep. <clears throat> Once again, really enjoyed it. I'm sure we're gonna talk a little bit about it today. Um especially there was something in particular that uh that Triple H said. At the, end of, uh, at the end of the documentary That just, man, it resonated with me so much uh, Yeah, last night, a decent backlash um, uh, Overall, I, I was entertained by the show I thought it was pretty fun Got some stuff that I want to point out Point out this morning that I thought was glaring I want to go back to Friday, though <clears throat> With SmackDown what, do you, what did you think of that episode's portrayal In the Jeff Hardy story?
0: Ooh, this is this is uh, this is a great question because this is something that uh, a lot of people seem to be up in arms with. Is that they're bringing up his past, his past with uh, substance abuse problems? Um, it's a road that the WWE is not afraid to go down. They've done that before. They've done that with Jeff Hardy. They did that uh, in the whole story with Chris Jericho and CM Punk, and with CM Punk, obviously not uh, with with CM Punk, but with uh, his father. Um, and I mean, and it's the, the name of the pay-per-view last night was backlash, but they got a lot of backlash from the fans. Um, every element that I saw in the story and what played out on Friday has happened before in the WWE, um, even with the whole urine cup. And I think everyone was pretty, um it was pretty unbelievable that Jeff Hardy can pee that much into a cup. He must've, he must've drank gallons of water before taking that urine test on Friday. But I, a
2: lot of liquids, a lot of liquids, (laughs) a lot of
0: liquids, but it doesn't really seem to bother me as much as it seems to bother other people. Like, first of all, um, I always like a little bit of reality in, in pro wrestling, uh, it's everyone knows about the struggles that Jeff Hardy has had with substance abuse. And at the same time, like, Jeff Hardy's the hero coming out of that. Like, he's clean. He's saying he's clean. This is Seamus poking the bear and trying to bring up his past to get under his skin. So I really don't have as much of a problem with the story as a lot of fans seem to have.
2: Much like you, and I've been saying this for years on the show, whenever, whenever professional wrestling mirrors real life, it always makes for the best stories. Um, I thought the WWE has been doing a decent enough job with the Jeff Hardy-Sheamus story. I totally get what they're doing. Sheamus is their in-house bully. He's doing everything that a bully would do, whether it's uh verbally or physically, as we saw last night, uh, with yeah. Jeff Hardy. Uh I-, I think Jeff Hardy might owe Seamus money. Either that or Seamus um Seamus will lay his shit in, brother. <laughs> He did. He certainly did last night. That's for sure. So when I, you know when I first saw the first episode of the Jeff Hardy story, I'm like, okay. I think maybe it just hit home a little with me because it was Jeff, and I was like, I ah, poor Jeff. You know, this is, uh, you know, this might be a little too difficult. He's got a wife. He's got the kids. But I said to myself, it's real life, and I'm sure it's gonna have a happy ending. Not that kind of happy ending, Lagraca. Stop smiling, please. Come on. Can we be serious for a moment? So. The part about last night that really bothered me and I'm hoping they're going to make good on this was Corey Graves at the end of the match. And I know this is not Corey. I know this is being these lines are being fed to him and he's being told what to say. Mm -hmm. And if he's being told what to say, then they probably have a good story in mind. That's going to eventually pay off in the positive way for Jeff Because if that's not the answer, then they went out of their way to bury him last night. And you know how everybody's talking about, oh, somebody got buried, somebody got buried, you know, somebody got buried. People don't know what burial is in the wrestling business. I'm going to point out what looked like a burial last night. Hopefully, they're not going to, but this could have been the burial. At the end of the match, Corey said, everyone who was counting on their hero, Jeff Hardy, was once again let down by Jeff Hardy. I'm paraphrasing there. Now, Corey actually started to say the line and then stopped. And I think that's because he had somebody in his ear saying, hold on, we're trying to get a camera shot, but we want to hear that line said emphatically. And then he went back and he started the line again. It's like they went out of their way to make sure that Corey told the world how big of a disappointment Jeff Hardy was to himself, his family, his fans. Like there was an exclamation point on that sentence. Two things are happening there. They're either telling the story of disappointment so Jeff Hardy can come back and maybe beat Sheamus at Extreme Rules or they're going out of their way to bury Jeff. Why would they be going out of their way to bury Jeff? I don't know. Maybe they're mad at Matt. And maybe for the first time, you know, they're taking something out on Jeff instead of taking it out on Matt.
0: I hope you're wrong about that. Uh, I did remember the Corey Graves comment, and you would think, with extremes, extreme rules coming up in mid-July, that they're going to have a match. It seems fitting, especially with everything that's happening. Though, judging from the end of the match, I mean, you know, Sheamus deserved that win, you know. He, he, he won clean. It, it, it wasn't like there was shenanigans. You know, he, he had his foot on the rope, they broke the count, he hit him with the bro kick, and, and he got the pin in the middle of the ring. So, you could... Make- a case that that's kind of the end of it because... Why should they have a rematch? Yeah, why should they have the rematch? Sheamus talked a lot of shit and backed Backed it up up. and won the match clean in the middle of the ring. Now, I would think, though, with Extreme Rules coming up that they're going to have another part of this story that's going to play out on SmackDown, but you could say that that was the final chapter in that feud. I don't think it is, but you could say that. And if it is, I think there's a lot of questions, especially based on what you just said, Bully.
2: I would have liked it a little bit more open-ended so the Extreme Rules match would would have to happen. It would logically have to happen. After the finish last night, after Sheamus hits his finish, his straight-up bro-kick finish on Jeff, one, two, three, straight in the middle. Oh, okay, Jeff, you lost. Yep, Jeff lost. Jeff lost. Had Jeff lose uh, to Sheamus' finish. Who won Sheamus? How? Right in the middle, clean, with his finish. But they're going to have a rematch. Why? That's if they have the rematch. And then, like I said, it was the line at the end about Jeff Hardy being such a disappointment. Are we going to go to extreme rules and Jeff Hardy is going to prove that he's not a disappointment to himself, his family, and his friends? Well, I don't know. To me, it seems a little too late because last night was the perfect opportunity. That's why I'm hoping the WWE is not going out of their way to bury Jeff Hardy. I want to think better of them, especially when it comes to the name Hardy. But right now, when it comes to the name Hardy, I don't know if the WWE has a good taste in their mouth. And right after that match was over, Matt took to social media and put up a picture of him and his brother, holding every single set of tag team championships that his, him and his brother have ever held. Not more than me and Devon. Cause that would be ludicrous, um, but close. <laughs> well, then I would be calling one of them the greatest tag team wrestler of all and I, time. And I, and I think Matt that's Matt protecting his brother and saying, listen, you never we'll never let anybody forget what we did together. So that's my take on it from, you know, a bunch of different angles. What do you think?
0: I, I agree with you. And then, you know, a lot of people had problems with the story going in. If this is the way it ended then I do have a problem with the story that they presented. Why bring up all the problems that he has had if you're not going to bring up the fact that he has overcome them and not only over- overcame all those, those things, but also overcame Sheamus? If this story ends by that match last night, then I do have a big problem with everything that happened here because why would you do that? Why would you bring up something that people already know about, that's already been talked about on you know documentaries that you can see on the WWE Network just to bury Jeff Hardy. Makes absolutely no sense to me. But this is the WWE, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who saw that, including Matt Hardy. Like you said, that's why he put up the tweet that's probably looking at this as a burial. Again, I'm hoping it's not. Hopefully we have a continuation to the story on Friday, and it leads to a match at Extreme Rules where Jeff Hardy's going to overcome and beat Sheamus. But based on what we saw last night, there really isn't a reason to have a
2: rematch. Like I said, I would have liked it to be a little bit more open-ended where Extreme Rules would have had to have happened. Maybe they're going to give us a story in which Extreme Rules, that match has to happen. Extreme Rules gives Jeff Hardy the chance to jump off of something. You know, i.e., recreate his ladder, you know, jumping off a ladder, putting Swanton Seamus through a table or do something crazy and death defying and insane. A typical Jeff Hardy spot, maybe where he doesn't have to pin Seamus. Maybe it's a tables match where all he has to do is put Seamus through the table and he wins and that kind of protects Seamus. But Seamus beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy last night and beat him in the middle with his finish. So as a fan, I got to look at it and go, well. Jeff lost, you know, Jameis was the better man. End of story. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, and we'll see what happens. We'll see on SmackDown. We'll see with Extreme Rules coming up in just a few weeks. And, Bully, when we come back, and again, this is all about backlash right now. Let's get into what they were claiming was going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Did it live
2: up to expectations? And I'll bowling? tell you and I'll tell you why some of those <clears throat> insiders, those experts, those so-called know-it-alls have it totally wrong when it comes to that match of Orton versus Edge. The Yaka Show. Iron Mike Tyson, iconic
0: name, gave us the knee post on Instagram and Twitter. No caption needed. I mean, I, I like Mike's opinion. I would love to hear him speak on it, but I appreciate the post.
2: I think a caption is so important. Being kneeled says it all you know but uh people want to hear your
0: words people want to know what's what's on your mind Mike you know you're such an iconic figure
2: uh we love to hear you speak weekdays from 12 to 1 p.m. eastern only on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156 obviously Lashley
0: and uh Drew McIntyre for the championship was earlier We the main event was Edge and Randy Orton and Byron Saxon just before the match said that this was going to be done completely different uh, from sounds to camera angles, and it certainly was. And I got to admit, it gave me chills the way that match started with the Madison Square Garden microphone coming down from the ceiling a la, you know, MSG back in the 70s and 80s, and then you hear the voice of Howard Finkel. I mean, a pretty amazing way to start that match.
2: First of all, I don't think that that match should have gone on last for the same reason I don't think any match that's not a World Heavyweight Championship should go on last. Yes, I do understand every once in a while there's extenuating circumstances when you have mega, super, to the moon stars like an Undertaker or a Cena. Not that Randy and Edge aren't that, but... They're having a wrestling match on the same card as the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Drew is the guy right now. And thus, I think that match should be last. That's my opinion. That has nothing to do with Randy and Orton's match because I'm going to get into, I'm sorry, Randy and Edge's match because I'm going to get into that. Championship should be last. Keeps the credibility on the championship. But it is entertainment, so how much credibility could possibly be on their championships? Really quick, Randy, bully, yeah, no, yeah, really sure.
0: quick because I, I think this is a good point you're making. Uh, it used to be that way. I
2: mean, you know... Not when AJ was the champion. They got AJ'd last night. Yeah, and I think... Drew and Bobby got AJ'd.
0: And I think it goes back, and boy, I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist here, but... Uh, it kind of goes back even before that. I, I would say CM Punk. It, se- it seems like once CM Punk became the champion, because I think every pay per view while CM Punk was champion, you know, John Cena had the main event and not CM Punk. Uh, but before that, it, it, I, I would I would have to think that that World Championship was always the main event. You know, some people say, myself included, that the greatest WrestleMania match of all time was The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. That was not the main event it was the world championship was the main event. And it seemed like around the era of CM Punk, that seemed to have changed. Now, I get it. The world of sports entertainment, that championship doesn't have the same cachet as it it should have been, as as it should. Because really, like what you just said hit home. Drew McIntyre is now your guy. He's your championship title holder. He should be in the main event every time he defends that title.
2: He wins the championship at WrestleMania in the main event in the main event ding 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 circle gets the square johnny tell him what he's won you've won dingy more beef stew he wins the the, the champ the wwe championships in the main event at wrestlemania but is not good enough to main event backlash come on now get the funk out of here
0: now is anyway. it because forget about the Edge Orton? Is it because of their claim that this is going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time?
2: They like, could claim they could claim whatever they want. I don't give a rat's ass. The claim of world heavyweight champion is the biggest claim in the company. Uh, th- th- that's it. Yeah. In, in, in a in, in a in a in a company right now that does not have the mega stars that it once had. All you do is 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 is. is giving me a kink in the armor of Drew McIntyre telling me he's not good enough to go on last especially when it's a taped show it's freaking taped you can do it in any order there's not going to be more or less crowd reaction and oh by the way since you have the young boys and girls there tell them to be louder for Bobby versus Drew you can do anything you want it's entertainment you could be loud. You could be not loud. We could do this, this. I, I, I don't want to get into this too much. I think the world championship should be on last, especially when you have a mega, what, what you're trying to make is a mega baby face world champion. <clears throat> Back to Byron. I did not like Byron telling us all of these things that we were going to see and hear that are different. Just let me see and hear the things that are different. Let me be surprised. Don't prime me right off the bat. It's almost like they're telling us right off the bat, "Um, you might see some things here that you don't agree with, but uh, we hope you like it anyway. Just do it, man. Surprise me. I don't want to know beforehand. Now, the Finkel stuff, off the charts off the charts. Loved it. What a great nod to Howard. I'm sure Howard was grinning from ear to ear in heaven. I loved it. It felt like um, as a Yankee fan, it felt like going to Yankee Stadium and hearing um, what was the old man's name? Um, Bob Shepard. Bob Shepard still doing the announcements, you know, every once in a while. It was, it was awesome. I really loved it. God bless Howard. I, I, I'm lucky to have met the man and worked with the man and all of that great stuff. Proud to call him a friend. Happy to call him a friend. The camera angles in the match. I liked them all except for one. Were there any camera angles that you d- didn't like, Dave?
0: No, I'm thinking they had the overhead, they had the turnbuckle cam. Um, No, there's nothing that strikes me that I did not like from the camera angles.
2: There was one camera angle that they did two or three times, and it was like for a second, a brief second, and it was the underneath shot. When Orton and Edge locked up, there was a camera shooting up at their faces. You know damn well there's no camera underneath the lockup. That camera angle, like I said, maybe two or three times they showed me an underneath shot. I didn't need to see that shot. Okay? It's like when the offense and the defense line up over the ball. I know there's no camera underneath the ball shooting up at these guys. I know there's that zipline camera. I know that there's different camera shots all over the field now, but that camera angle to me came across unrealistic. And since you only did it two or three times, you probably didn't need it at all. The piped-in noise. I was not a fan of the piped-in noise. What did you think of it? I liked it. And and
0: here's why. And I'm I'm definitely in the minority on this one because I don't think there was one person on social media last night that agreed with me on this. But this is my take. And obviously, you know, you know, I'm prepared for you to shoot it down if, if
2: you I'm if not agree. gonna shoot it down because it's your opinion on something. Yeah.
0: But what we're getting with the crowd is is fake for the lack of a better term like you know what I'm saying like they're getting you know these are not fans that paid for a ticket to come in and to watch you know like you mentioned last week you hear chants and then the chants stop like you're hearing chants from them saying you know fight forever like you're getting the typical chance that you would probably get from a 15,000 paid to be there type of a crowd but it's not a 15,000 paid to be there type of a crowd so for me bully already i know the crowd out there isn't necessarily there to watch that match they were told to be there to watch that match now i'm not saying they didn't enjoy the match that they were watching i'm not saying that some of the crowd noise that you got from them is not genuine i don't know that but if you're gonna go go all the way now I'm not saying that I want to see this on a regular basis. But for me, watching that match for a moment, for a fleeting moment, I forgot. For a fleeting moment, I forgot that this match was taking place at the Performance Center in front of a roster of people that had to be there. Again, for just a moment, I bought in. And for me, and for that, that was enough for me to be, appreciate the, fi- the fact that they had the
2: piped-in crowd noise. As a wrestler, when there are matches happening on the same card that I'm on, I want to go out in the arena and experience them firsthand. I hate watching shit on the monitor. I can watch crap at home on my TV. So many times I would go out in the arena to experience the vibe. And I, obviously you have to hide because you don't want the rest of the fans to see you because you're distracting the fans from the match. Even your dog agrees, okay? So if I could, though, I would walk all the way up to the rail and sit in the front row because I want to feel what it is to experience this match. If I was on that card last night, as a wrestler, I would want to be right up there ringside or as close to that plexiglass as I could have gotten to experience Edge versus Orton. That's how much of a fan I like to become when I'm watching a match that I'm invested in. What does everybody have in common that was at that arena last night who's working in the back? They're all wrestlers. Yeah. And if we're going to get the greatest wrestling match of all time as a wrestler, I want to be as up close and personal to this as possible. First thing I would have did, everybody on the card, since Edge and Orton were last, everybody should have been out there. All the wrestlers in the back should have wanted to experience the greatest wrestling match ever with their own eyes, thus making it more of a crowd, making it a louder crowd. Now we have all the young boys and young girls from NXT there. You tell them, be as loud as you possibly can. My point is this I don't need piped in crowd noise telling me whether I should like or not like something. It feels a little forced. I would have had the entire roster out there. I would have had former agents that were wrestlers, like if Devon was in the back or uh, the Armstrongs were in the back or, you know, anybody there, uh, Adam Pierce. And now you can tell the story on and now it's about look at all of the wrestlers out here future superstars current superstars megastars look at all the former wrestlers who are agents now look at everybody out here that has the same thing in common they're all wrestlers watching firsthand the greatest wrestling match ever there's where your noise should have come from noise coming out of those people means more to me than piped-in crowd noise, which is very subliminal. It's almost like they were using the piped-in crowd noise to cover up any potential problems that there were going to be in the match. But guess what, Dave? What's that? There were no problems in the match. This was a damn good match. This was a great match this was an excellent match this was a very well performed match this was like an eight star match and i don't put star ratings on anything the biggest names in the combat sports world are on MMA Tonight. Cody Garbrandt joins us.
1: I got to the title fast under two years in the UFC, won the world championship, trailblazed to the top. This time it's going to be way more generous, way more sacrifice. And I just said, are you prepared to throw it all in and erase the last few years and what happened and go from there? Once I had that hard part with myself and, and stopped really making excuses or just got back to the hard work, I mean, the simplest front of hard work pays off. Happy to be back, excited to have
0: those feelings back inside the octagon. Back to loving it and then just working hard for it. Tuesday through Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, let's go to the Twitter machine.
2: Okay, very good. Because here comes the burial. Before my power rankings at 10 a.m. Speaking of burial. uh Phew. Ooh, Steve Eh, Gutenberg. Oh, I love Steve. Mahoney. Eh. First of all, don't ever call him Steve Mahoney is a jabroni. His name is Mahoney. Mahoney is a jabroni and not worth a nickel on that cameo gimmick. That's not true. Come on. Don't
0: say that. He's a very nice guy. Sister lives in Jersey. It was nice to hear about his sister living in Jersey
2: for, you know, 75% of Steve Gutenberg all day long. He's, oh, yeah, of course. I mean. So listen to this stupidity on the old Twitter machine. Machine. And this is where some wrestling fans just, ugh, U-G-H, ugh. Carlos <laughs> Carlos Cavado, Cuevado, says, Wasn't that you? the guitar player from uh, Quiet Riot? No, that was Carlos Cavazo. but oh, thanks okay, for playing. <laughs> Carlos Cuevado says, thank you for mentioning that underneath camera angle. It honestly ruined the match, which is a shame because Edge and Orton did put on a great match. Give me a frickin' break. Edge and Orton went like 45 minutes last night, and you're going to tell me that a camera angle that lasted for two or three seconds in total ruined the match for you? Stop it. Please don't tweet stuff like that ever again. As a matter of fact, delete your account, Carlos, because that is (laughs) asinine. That's kind of strong.
0: I think he's just going to people seem to go to the extremes. My thing to Carlos is, yes, did it maybe take away from the match in the moment? I, I, by the way, Bully, I don't even remember the camera angle. You know, I might have been I might have blinked at that moment and I missed it. Um now if you want to say that it took away from it in the moment okay I five He said it that. ruined ruined but it could there's no way that a camera angle could ruin like bully said a 45 minute I think as close to a masterpiece as they could have gotten under these circumstances
2: from Edge and Randy Orton last night Th- This is the whole cancel culture thing like how you can say that that ruined a match is beyond me that is just negative for the sake of being negative and going on twitter and like agreeing with me because you're chasing the hug and you think by agreeing with me on a camera angle is gonna like do something good for you except get you buried I'm pointing out something that I would have stayed away from as a professional. You're telling me that the match was ruined for you, Carlos? Sorry. Big thumbs down on your tweet. Uh, The time of the match. And this is where I want to get into some of these wrestling journalists. Credible wrestling journalists with their inside information. Dave, how long was the match? Like 43, 44 minutes? How long did it was? It, it
0: was like 44 and a half minutes long.
2: Straight through. The match was one continuous match as if it was live, live in front of 20,000 people. The match wasn't edited. It wasn't done a couple of times. They didn't yell cut. They didn't take a break. They went straight through like two professionals would, two old school professionals would. Did they break or add in once or twice a camera shot like that underneath camera shot of the lockup? Yeah, they would have had to have done that because Mm -hmm. there was no camera in that continuous shot. Edge and Orton, when the bell rang to when the bell rang went straight through with this match. How do I know? Because I know. That's how I know. Not because some stooge in the back told me. Not because of some person who wants to be detrimental to the product, called up a dirt sheet guy and say, hey, this is what really happened. Let's, l- let's take away from how great the match was by saying they filmed it a bunch of times. Bullshit. and Orton went straight through. Yeah, they might have had to do a pickup shot here or there that happened after everything was over. But that match ran straight through. That was a great wrestling match. I can't call it the greatest wrestling match ever because of the crowd situation. If that match was in front of a live crowd of 20,000 people, yeah, that match has potential to be one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. But Rock... And Hogan at Mania in Toronto is the greatest wrestling match ever because of the complete organicness of the match. If you listen to the people, if you watch the work, there is a beauty to it that has not been replicated. Steamboat and, and and Savage is not that because Steamboat and Savage was discussed for months on end, as opposed to Rock and Hogan, which was discussed for minutes on end, if anything. That was working in its purest form and playing off a crowd that said, uh uh-uh, uh, we're not going with what you're feeding us. We're going to do the complete 180. Let's see what you do with it now and look at how they performed. I know you'd make a case for like a a flare versus steamboat as the greatest wrestling match ever because of the actual focus on the word wrestling. And I get it. Last night, what I saw from those two guys was great. There was psychology, there was registering, there was selling. I love that they used finishes from other guys. The difference was they didn't prostitute these finishes. They hit these finishes. They got two counts. They got kickouts, and then they went back to selling. They didn't just get up and go to the next thing. I really enjoyed Orton versus Edge and uh, can't say enough good things about it.
0: And this is where, like before you mentioned Corey Graves and what he said at the end of the Sheamus-Jeff Hardy match, this is where I give the commentators a lot of credit during the Edge and Orton match because you said there was a lot of elements from other matches, a lot of finishes, a lot of finishers from a lot of wrestlers, I mean, the Garvin stomp. And they they acknowledge the Garvin stomp, you know, um, the arm drags like Steamboat, the chops like Ric Flair, the angle slam, the you know, Triple H's pedigree, the rock bottom. Like, there was so many different elements, which I really, again, pro wrestling is an art, and when it's at its best, you get lost in it. I got lost in that match last night. I wasn't thinking like, oh, boy, they should have done that a little bit better. And, oh, the the noise is being piped in. It's such a distraction. Or that camera angle. Like, I got lost by two artists in the ring. And you're talking about two of the best ever with Edge and Randy Orton. I said it on on social media. It's hard to like compare this to like what you said with, you know, Hogan and The Rock at WrestleMania. I mean, because the crowd kind of made that match as well. The whole atmosphere of that match, but for what they were up against, I mean, two guys I, I, to put on that kind of a match in front of no pay, zero paid fans, with a forced atmosphere. I mean. Man, I mean, if anybody needs a bonus in their paycheck after what they did last night, it's Randy
2: Orton and Edge, Bully. And I want to reiterate for fans out there who might put stock in what they read on wrestling publications, dirt sheets, periodicals, uh, 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 on, on Twitter, newsletters, whatever it is, I want to set the record straight for them so they understand the truth. Edge and Orton was filmed... Straight through. One time, straight through. It was not multiple takes. There were about three or four close up shots that were filmed. Otherwise, the match was straight through. So don't let what you read or hear affect your opinion on that match. Whether or not you think it was the greatest wrestling match of all time or not, that's your own opinion because everything in pro wrestling is subjective. Everything. But I thought they did a phenomenal job. I really enjoyed it. If it was in front of a crowd, it would have been off the charts. If it would have been in front of a a perfect crowd, you put that in front of a Chicago, a a, a town like that, a wrestling fan base like that, the the match is incredible. Now they have something to feed off of. But I'll go back to what I said. Every wrestler that was there should have been out there in attendance. Every wrestler that was on the on the card that night, from uh, from Braun Strowman to Drew McIntyre to Bobby Lashley to the Iconics to apollo cruz to everybody should have been out there with a vested interest in the greatest wrestling match over that's how ever that's how you give something credibility when you show that the wrestlers in the back are not afraid to show their face and they even want to watch it live as opposed to your nxt young boys and young girls
0: Before we get back to Backlash, bully, let's get into the last ride that followed Backlash last night, episode number four. What did you think? Especially the ending, which showed the conversation after Extreme Rules between The Undertaker and Vince McMahon. <laughs>
2: Listen, uh, since episode one, it's been very entertaining. Um, just as sitting back as a fan and watching him entertained by it. Um, as a professional who got to share the ring on many occasions with The Undertaker, uh, it's been entertaining. Uh, being in one of the worst matches of all time with The Undertaker, uh, the main event of the Great American Bash, and the, what was it, the concrete crypt match? Yeah. God-awful. God-awful. Nobody wanted to be there. Not one of us. Taker included. Um, I love the storytelling and I got to give the WWE network props because there is, there is good of a storytelling network or company as anybody I've ever seen out there, whether that's the vice channel or national geographic or any of of these, you know, networks that tell great stories. I think the network does a phenomenal job. I'm enjoying the taker one. You know, what really stands out to me, Dave, how much. Like, last night, they talked about the Goldberg match, and I think they just went tip of the iceberg. They didn't go too in-depth on it. You know, it was just one of, those, one of those nights. But everybody wants to put all the heat on Goldberg, right? Mm-hmm. How about what Taker said about the, the match before the Goldberg match in Saudi with Taker and Kane versus Shawn and Triple H? What did Taker say about that match? He, he put the blame
0: on himself. Why? Well, he just said that he wasn't there. He just he he was not there. And as and and in the next scene with the Goldberg match, he said the same thing. He said that his mind was not there. So and but going back to like what you said with that tag match, he said he had personal problems that were going on and his mind was not there. And he put it all on himself. Now you had Triple H have an injury right at the beginning of that matchup, but yet Undertaker took all the blame.
2: My point is, anything can happen. You can be snake bit on any night, an injury. So it's okay for Triple H to get an injury, but it's not okay for Bill Goldberg to get a concussion? Oh, Goldberg got a concussion. He could have hurt Undertaker. Yeah, well, Taker got a concussion at WrestleMania 30. He could have hurt Brock Lesnar. You see how none of this stuff, anything can ha- It's a very dangerous uh, sport. It's a very dangerous performance. It's a dangerous industry. Anything can happen on any night. Anybody can have a bad night. And in that ring, it takes two to tango. So, like, when you look at the, it's very crystal clear to me, like the, the Goldberg situation, how things can go wrong and we're all lucky to be around and talk about it because mistakes happen. You know what, Bully, and and this
0: has been going on for years. I'm not just going to point the finger at pro wrestling fans, but even sports fans. You know, when your team doesn't win the World Series, when your team doesn't win the Super Bowl, your hockey team doesn't, doesn't win the finals, fans love to point the finger of blame on somebody. You know, it, it can never be like, you know, they just didn't have it, that, have it that night. Or, you know what, God forbid, the other team was better. They always have to take that finger of blame and point it on the pitcher or the head coach or the quarterback or the wide receiver that dropped the ball in the second quarter with f- 14 minutes left to go in the half. They always got to point the finger of blame. And it seems like when it comes to that Goldberg-Undertaker match that everyone pointed the finger of blame... On Goldberg, And it's just not fair. I mean, here's the Undertaker saying his mind wasn't there. His body wasn't there. You know, he's going through a lot right now. And I want to go to the end of the last ride near the end, which was a high point. Undertaker had a very good tag match at Extreme Rules and felt good. And Vince McMahon went up to him and congratulated on him and said that, you know, everything was right. The timing was right. And Undertaker's response was, I'm done. I'm not there. I need to evaluate. You know what? My body's not there. Like, it's really, it really seemed last night that The Undertaker is coming to grips with the fact that his career is over.
2: That scene came across... A little bit odd to me nothing about takers performance after extreme rules would lead you to believe that he was done he looked as good his extreme rules as he ever had that was a good night live crowd they were on first he was moving great even michelle mccool talked about how he's walking down and up and down the apron stomping and banging he was hitting on all cylinders that night So if you're riding the high of hitting on all cylinders, why are you coming back immediately and telling Vince, nah, man, I'm done. It's over with that. I just can't go anymore. And what else I found interesting is anytime you see Taker or Vince having a conversation on the last ride, they are very aware of where that camera is at any given moment, especially Vince. You're going to tell me that they weren't aware of that camera right over their shoulder in that given moment? I don't know. Came off a little weird, but it doesn't even matter because obviously Taker had a great night at Extreme Rules. Obviously, we know what we got from him and AJ at WrestleMania. So much fun to watch. Uh, I think there's a lot more in Taker's tank, especially with this new level of emotional investment we have from him. And the thing that was said at the end, and it was said by Triple, it was said by Triple H at the beginning of the show. I might have said Taker. I'm not sure. Um, Hunter said that in that match at Extreme Rules, you could tell that Taker had a real sense of calm. That word calm is so important. You can't hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball unless you're calm. You can't shoot that game-winning free throw unless you're calm. You can't bowl a 300-game unless you're calm. You can't drive a ball 400 yards unless you're calm. Whenever I'm training younger pro wrestlers, I always ask them, What's the one thing a Jedi needed to be in order to become a successful Jedi? You needed to be calm to be able to do all of these crazy things. As a pro wrestler, you're at your best when you're at a sense of peace and calm. Only when you're the most calm can you perform at the highest levels. And I saw that calm and taker at Extreme Rules. That's why I think that him talking to Vince afterwards might have been a little bit more for the cameras than anything else. That's just my opinion.
0: Could it be a little bit of chasing the ghost in, in this way? Like, he did not like his performance against Goldberg. He did not like his performance in that tag match with Kane against DX. He, he did not like his performance with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33. You know, he wishes his match with John Cena at WrestleMania 34 was longer. But yet, after all those matches, he couldn't wait to get back into the ring to kind of prove himself. At Extreme Rules, as you said, pretty flawless match. He looked like old taker, you know, um, no issues, no problems. His timings, was it was impeccable. He looked great. Could it be like that calmness that you're talking about? Like, you know what? That's how I want to go out. That performance is the performance that I want to go out on. Could maybe his words be hollow in the way that he doesn't truly believe it? But you know what? If I'm going to go out, that's the match that's
2: going to make me proud, you know, leaving. That's not what he said to Vince. If he would have said that to Vince, different story. He's telling Vince, "I don't feel my bo- I can't. I don't feel it out there. My body doesn't feel right. I don't think I-. there's so much self doubt after the Extreme Rules match. If you would have told me that self doubt was there with him and Vince after the Goldberg match, okay. Him and Brock, okay. Uh, after the tag match at Saudi, okay. Because now the self doubt matches the the sloppiness of the matches." But after Extreme Rules, dude, crowd was on fire. He was hitting on all cylinders. Everything was great after that match. To come in the back and go, ah, Vince, I'm just not feeling him. My my body's not there anymore, blah, blah, blah. Even his wife is saying, holy shit, he looks great. I can tell that he feels great. It didn't add up to me. No big deal. Sometimes we got to do stuff for the camera. And like I said, that camera is right over their shoulders. Vince is always so careful about where the camera is because Vince doesn't want to – say anything wrong in front of the camera or he doesn't want to give too much away in front of the camera sometime. So that just struck me. I could be totally... And listen, I could be totally off base.
0: Well, I mean, well, the story continues. Now, we're going to get the final chapter. I believe next Sunday, uh, uh, the 21st, is the final chapter in this this documentary series. And they, they obviously from judging from what we saw last night, it's going to be about the story with AJ Styles and the match at WrestleMania 36. So if you're the Undertaker, and, you know, Shawn Michaels has talked about, like, he was at peace with, hey, you know what, my career's over. Like, I'm moving on. Uh, You know, I got a family, and I'm moving on from my career, and I'm good with that. Undertaker has that family aspect as well, though it seems like he's having a lot of difficulty letting go, and I can completely understand that is he going to be okay with his last match being the match that we got at WrestleMania 36 in front of no fans, a cinematic type of a match. Um, Do you think that the undertaker would want that to be his final chapter of his career?
2: It was an extremely entertaining first time ever for the WWE. If that's the last time I ever see taker perform, I, He goes out with me with a great taste in my mouth of The Undertaker, his legacy, what he's meant to the WWE, and the match against AJ was, it was so much fun. But that's up for for him to decide. As we've seen over the past, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, he makes the decision on 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 a yearly basis. Yeah. You know? And based on how he feels, on whether or not he thinks he can perform, and it's very difficult to step away because... You know, when Hunter talks about chasing the dragon, chasing the dragon, that's kind of like a drug thing. Puff, the magic dragon. What are you talking about? It's about a kid named Puff, Puff. and his magic dragon, you know? So um, unless you listen to Peter, Paul, and Mary. Um, the, the dragon is the rush that you get of being a pro wrestler. The dragon is the rush of the gong hitting and the place going berserk. It's that pop that runs through you. I told you once before when I came through the curtain in Philadelphia at the Royal Rumble in 2015 that rush was so overwhelming I blacked out Dave I blacked out I don't even know I, I struggled to stay in the moment I did not know what was going on that wall of pop that wall of sound went right through me if you've seen me lately it's not that easy to go through me <laughs> yeah. so so it, that's the rush and you cannot describe it. It, it. it sends your adrenaline straight through your brains. And it's an amazing feeling. It's the same feeling Kiss gets or Motley Crue gets or ACD. Any of these bands that perform and get that that rush of that adrenaline shot. And that's what we're always chasing. And I'm wondering if we're going to
0: get an answer about The Undertaker's future Next week in this docu series, you know they've been kind of tight lipped about what we're going to hear and what we're going to see throughout this entire thing. So I'm wondering if we're going to get some answers next Sunday uh, on the WWE Network. Going to be very interested to hear.
2: Uh, I don't want to see Taker wrestle unless there's somebody that Taker absolutely needs to wrestle. It has to be the perfect person for the perfect story. I don't need to see Taker coming back gratuitously anymore. I saw that against Cena. It worked against Cena. I've seen him do the cinematic thing with AJ, so if we're going to do another cinematic thing, it better be as good as, if not better than, what he did with AJ.
0: I don't know if that opponent is out there.
2: I mean, then the then only I don't need one, to see him anymore. The I only one that
0: people are going to bring up is Sting. Because it never happened. But outside of that, I don't know if there's a story. He did did AJ. He did Cena. You know, he did Goldberg. I I, I think the only person that I personally would want to see Undertaker in the ring with would be Sting.
2: I guess there's rumors, reports that Sting is no longer under contract to the WWE. If there was any chance of that happening, I think they would have kept him under some kind of contract. I agree. Sting versus Taker, cinematic WWE style, would be...